0: Tell you that, that old gospel music is on its way out. It's, it's not like the contemporary stuff. But that song can mean more to me in, a, in any given time than some of the new stuff ever will. That song can speak to my heart whenever whenever I really need to to remember how great God is. Whenever I need to remember how much He has done for me, how much He can do for me. This morning I want to talk a little bit about what we're focused on. We're going to read from the book of Daniel in chapter 3. I'm going to give you a second to find it. Uh, it takes a, a minute. It's kind of a small book. But uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about what we're focused on this morning. And, and and I couldn't ask for a better example, and I'm sure it happened by accident because the Lord arranged it that way. But when the youngins were up here singing, and and there was a distraction right here. And, and if you didn't watch it, you you, you find yourself focusing on, on, the, on the little bitty kid and, and lose track of the music. And all too many times, we'll, we'll find ourselves distracted by things that, that we ought not be distracted about. It's, it's nothing bad with it, but whenever we get our mind off of God, whenever we get our mind off of the music, has anybody ever messed up singing because all of a sudden you, you, your mind was somewhere else? i sung the third verse when I was supposed to be on the second, and I had smooth missed choruses before. It don't take very long for us to be distracted, for us to lose focus, for things to... For things to take our mind away from where it really ought to be. For things to take our mind away from how great God is. And I want to read about the three men here that didn't get distracted. And they have way more going on than we ever will. The book of Daniel chapter 3, we're going to begin in verse 4. The book of Daniel in chapter 3, verse 4. A little context here. Nebuchadnezzar in verse 1 made an image of solid gold. And he commanded that when the music played, for everybody to bow down to the image. If you read your Bible and you understand how the story goes, but I'm going to look at it from a, a very dispar- different aspect this morning. In verse 4 it says, Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O people, nations, languages, that at the time when you hear the sound of the cornet and the flute and the harp and the sackbut and the psaltery and the dulcimer and all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso falleth not down to worship, the same hour shall be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather at your house this morning. God, we thank you for the wonderful service we've had thus far. Thank you for the, the good music that's been rendered up to you. God, I thank you for the, the gifts that you've blessed the church with. God, thank you for each one that's gathered. God, I pray you'd help us this morning as we open your word. God, that we can open our hearts. That we'd be willing and able to receive what you'd have to say to us this morning. God, help us that we wouldn't be distracted, that we could remain focused on you in our everyday life, in amongst the trials, in amongst the troubles. God, that we could remember how great you are. And that we could sing how great is our God, how great thou art, God, and that we could sing it from the heart. And we could realize it and recognize more exactly how great you are. God, help us so we could depend on you in a greater way. God, most of all, for Bill lost among us this morning that is yet to depend on you for their salvation, God, I pray that this could be the hour they could discern and accept Christ before it be everlasting too late. Forgive us for we fail you in Christ's name, we ask. Amen. Here we read of of a time when there was music going on. Not only was there music going on, but but there was a threat made. I I hadn't been threatened yet. There's several churches in the. In the country, that has been threatened to shut down. And I thank the Lord it hadn't happened in our parish or even uh, remotely close to us. But at the same time, there are things going on in our life that we can get distracted by. Here are the three, we we call them the three Hebrew Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were worshiping God in a foreign land. They They were captives for lack of a better term. But they weren't supposed to be here. They were in a land that that other people didn't worship God. Is it safe to say that Christians are in the minority today? We're we're in a land that seemingly not very many people worship God anymore. There are a lot of places that that play church and and don't really have God at the center of it. They worship people. Or they worship lights. Or they worship song lyrics. They don't worship God. We, we have a political system that wants God taken out of everything. The exact opposite of trying to worship God. Amen. And so as Christians today, even in America, even in the Bible Belt of America, we can often relate to the fact that, that there's not, it's not popular. And here in this day and age, these three Hebrew children knew what they were supposed to do and they knew what they were not supposed to do. Amen. And what they were not supposed to do is to worship anything other than their God. Even though it was the law nebuchadnezzar built this golden image and he said fall down and the first thing that happened was the music played are we distracted by the music that's going on in our world today i'm not talking about music i'm talking about media Whew. i don't have direct tv anymore i used to watch fox news every now and then i try real hard to stay away from cnn but it's gotten where you can't hardly believe anything you see so I'd catch some of my news on Facebook. Can't believe that either. you catch a little bit in the newspaper, you can believe some of that. But the reality of it is, is media will catch our attention quicker than the Word of God will. The music and the, the things that are going on, the, the things that we hear, they'll distract us from, from understanding who God is, understanding how great God is, understanding how much we need to depend on Him. And instead of depending on God, will We'll go check Facebook or we'll go to the CDC website and see what the numbers are doing today, even though we know that they've been lying too. We'll go check the weather app. I use Fox 8 out of New Orleans. i go check the weather app and see what the hurricanes are doing or see what the hurricane over there by Africa's doing, where we should be concentrating on what God wants us to do. We should be concentrating on the job that God gave us on the mission or the great commission, if you will that we should be working toward. And all too many times, we're not. We should be focused on the lost in our church, in our community, even in our family. But we're not. Because hurricanes takes our attention. COVID takes our attention. School starting back takes our attention. Busy family life takes our attention. Sports, professional, recreational take our attention. Everybody looks at things in different ways, but whenever it comes down to it, we all look at God's Word the same way. Less important than it should be. I try real hard not to. But many times in my life, I undervalue the Word of God. And if we're all completely honest with ourselves, at some point in time, we probably do too. But the Word of God has the answers. Here the men, were they weren't distracted by all the music. And then they said in verse 6, Whoso falleth not down and worshipeth. The same hours shall be cast in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Here there were a lot of people gathered at this place. It says that there were nations and languages, which suggests that there was there was multiple kingdoms, if you will, there were multiple types of people. There were different sects, there were different groups. Everything about these people was diverse. But it wasn't asking for one person to bow down. It was asking for all people to bow down. And today, it seems like everybody's being asked to bow down to the wishes of the government. The king, the one who's in power. And the people, which is the crowd, the the diverse group, which is us, is is asked to put our faith and trust in whoever's sitting on the Supreme Court seat, whoever's sitting in the White House, whoever's a part of Congress, where in all reality our faith and trust should be in God that's, that's where it should be and whenever it comes right down to it if we get distracted by who's in power then, then we're doing God a disservice because we're forgetting who he is and we're forgetting that regardless of, of who takes uh, the, the supreme court seat regardless of who wins a presidential election that God can still accomplish his will and if we don't believe that then shame on us If we have any kind of lacking of faith that politics can influence God, then we don't understand God enough. If we think that the President of the United States can keep God from doing His will, then we don't understand God enough. Here the king told everybody to bow down, and we're going to flip over and read it. Down in verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, "Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do ye not serve my gods, nor worship my golden image that I have set up?" And there are a lot of things that we can compare idols to in this world today. A lot of them. What are we focused on? I heard a quote last, maybe last week, maybe this week. A guy said, "There's no such thing as reality. There's no such thing." Because it is based solely upon perspective. And he used an analogy. Can you tell me what's on the label? Because if I'm not mistaken, from your side, you see a barcode. From your side, the barcode exists. But from my side, only the label that says purified drinking water exists. Our reality is based on our perspective. We see what we want to see. If we don't understand, it's happened. An English teacher told me in high school, she said, Ignorance is bliss. If you don't know about it, it can't get you down. Reality is based on perspective. The children of Israel did not have the the perspective to see that there was a way to worship anything other than God. Because they never allowed themselves to believe that there was anything else worthy to be worshipped. They didn't believe that there was anything else out there that, that deserved the worship and the praise that God did. They never allowed themselves to believe that there was even an alternative to believing and worshiping and trusting in God. Therefore, whenever it came time to fall down and worship a golden image, I don't think they hesitated. I don't think they bent a knee. I don't think they looked around to see what everybody else was doing. All too many times, we'll look around and see what the crowd is doing. We'll follow along. We'll pretend not to follow along, and then we'll follow along. We'll bend a knee and then realize there's somebody else standing up. And then we'll stand back up. I'm going to serve God, but only if somebody else is doing it too. Three people in a crowd. They don't tell me that anybody else stayed on their feet here. Which tells me two things. One, they knew Nebuchadnezzar was serious. I don't want to be burned. I burned my hand twice on my griddle this morning. I don't want to be burned ever. Not ever again. I hate it. These men didn't fear that. Because they knew their God. If these men would have been thrown in amongst the COVID, they wouldn't fear it because they knew God. I never feared my parents, but I respect them. That's the type of fear that that the Bible talks about whenever it says to fear God, not to be scared and terrified, but to respect, to reverence at a high level. And whenever we begin to fear God the way that we should, then there's no question of whether or not we're going to obey Him, whether or not we're going to stay with Him, whether or not we're going to bow to the things of the world, or if we're going to stick with God. Verse 15 says, Now if you be ready at the time which you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psalter, and dustmer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image that I have made. Well, but if you worship not, you should be cast in the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? And their answer is beautiful. No doubt you've heard it many times. me, Meshach, and go answer. And said unto the king, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee to this matter. I've been very, very careful to answer somebody's question about God because I didn't want to offend. But the secret is that God's word is offensive. It is. From cover to cover, this Bible is offensive because it tells us where we're wrong. It tells us where we've messed up. It tells us that we're sinners undeserving of God's grace. And yet all at the same time, from cover to cover, this Bible gives us hope. From cover to cover, the Bible gives us mercy. Cover to cover, the Bible gives us guidance. And so here the, the three men, they said, we're not careful to answer you on this matter. But we're not careful. It, it is what it is. I saw a picture, may have been last week, it said some things are better left unsaid. And I usually realize that right after I see them. And that's the truth. We want to reach out and grab something and bring it back because it may have offended somebody. These three men knew what was coming to them. I don't think there was any doubt in their mind that whenever they told the king this, I think they was probably a little smart-alecky about it. They said, we ain't care if I answer you. Because they knew the outcome. They knew what was going to happen. They knew the outcome. They didn't know how they was going to get from A to B. But they knew the outcome. If you've read the back of this book, you know the outcome. If you're saved by grace, you know the outcome. You don't know how you're going to get from here to there. But we know that God's going to get us there. We know that He's going to take care of us. We know that He's going to protect us. He's going to lead us. He's going to guide us. Verse 17 says, If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. I don't see a maybe in there. I don't see a might in there. Don't get me wrong. The things of this world should concern us. It should concern us enough to pray. It should concern us enough to get down on our knees and to beg God to help us. It should concern us enough to pray for our leaders, to pray for our community members. It should concern us enough to reach out to those family members that aren't in church. It should concern us enough to go talk to that person that we know is unsaved and tell them about Jesus. The things of this world, the the music, the politics, should concern us enough to draw us closer to God not drive us away it shouldn't suck us off into bless you it shouldn't suck us off into the fire it shouldn't suck us off into concentrating on the king we shouldn't be focused on the, the things around and no doubt at this point in time when they give him this answer they could see the fire I've seen a forge with the the blue flames on the inside of it and golly that looks hot they could probably feel the heat coming off of it. King said he heated it up seven times hotter and gave him a second chance. Beautiful thing about following God is that if you have faith in him the first time, it's easier to have faith in him the second time. This is not the first time that these three Hebrew children were tried. This is not the first time that their faith was tested. And if you're here and saved, If you've been saved for any length of time, chances are your faith has been tested. Your belief and trust in God has been tested. Your commitment to reading His Word, to praying, to going to church, your commitment to God has been tested. And going forward, it probably will even more. But these men didn't shake, and neither should we, because we serve the same God. Let's read about it. Verse 18, but if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image that thou hast set set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury, the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it wants to be heated. He commanded the mighty men to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the furnace. These men were bound in their coats and hosing and hats and other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was real. The temptation was real. The fire was real. The punishment was real. Everything was real. Verse twenty-three, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Furnace, then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking around in the midst of the fire. They have no hurt in the form of the fourth. is like the Son of God. There's a song about it. It's a beautiful song. It says he's still in the fire. Three went in, three came out, and where'd the fourth man go? He's still in the fire. He's walking in the flames. And he'll be there to help you when you call upon his name. Any trouble that we may think that we're going to get thrown into, Jesus is there waiting on us to take care of us. Anything in this world that we think may hurt us, that may cause us physical pain, Jesus is there to take us through it. Anything in this world that we may, may think even might take our life, heaven's waiting on the other side of it. Don't get me wrong, I, I enjoy living here. But I think we're all going to enjoy living in heaven even more. Yeah, exactly. And whenever we get to the point in time in our life that, that we become unfocused on that, That we lose sight of of the things that are to come. That we lose sight of what God has taken us through before and what he's promised to take us through in the future. And we lose sight of how great God is. We lose sight of both of the songs that we sang this morning. How great is our God that he took three men that were bound in a fiery furnace and walked around and talked with them, no doubt, inside that fire. How great is our God that whenever they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. I wasn't in a fire this morning. I was in front of a griddle, but I still smell like bacon. And for about the next three days, I'm probably going to smell like bacon. It's hard to get that smell out, even with soap. These men didn't smell like fire. Because God is capable of a thing that we like to call as miracles. We see miracles today. We see people that are reached out and touched by God. We see people that are protected. We see people that are taken care of in a world that should never happen. In a world that that they should have been swallowed up in long ago. In a world that there's so so much turmoil, so much terrible, awful, just badness. Some of the evil that goes through people's head I didn't think was possible. But God promised to take care of us through that too. God promised to take, through, take care of us through it all. There's a song about that too if you want to look it up. Turn with me if you would to the book of Hebrews in chapter 11. The book of Hebrews in chapter 11. Hebrews is often known as the, excuse me, Hebrews 11 is known as the faith chapter. And we read about a lot of men who had a lot of faith in God. But the thing about it is these men were natural men. They weren't God's. They weren't angels. They didn't have anything that we had except a little bit more faith. Cuz they believed trusted in God more. They believed on God more. They depended on God more. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13. Hebrews 11:13. These all died in faith, having received in the promises, but having seen them afar off, and persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this earth. I heard a man preach one time. He said said, it's a dangerous thing to plant roots in this world because it's going to burn up one day. We should plant our roots in heaven. We should lay our treasures up in heaven. We should allow our focus to be made on the things of God and not on the things of man because these things are temporary. These men that we read about in Hebrews 11 saw it. They saw it from afar off. (laughs) They believed that it was coming. And whenever we sing how great thou art, if we can see how great God is, it'll give us a new perspective on life. Now in verse 33, it says who? Talking about the the men of faith, the people of faith, really. Verse 33, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lies, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. It goes on to say that they were mocked, scourged, stoned, afflicted, and tormented. But it jumps down to verse 38. It says, of whom the world was not worthy, Of whom the world couldn't understand. Of whom the world didn't deserve. Because these people had faith in God who had control over the world. They had faith in God who was able to deliver them from the world. And if you read back through the Bible and and you study a little bit of your history of the way some of the disciples died, it was cruel. It was terrible. No doubt they're comforted today in heaven. They said that whenever the Lazarus died, that he was comforted in Abraham's bosom. That he was taken care of. And whenever we understand that that this life is only temporary, we're given a job to do, then we can understand that a great God can get us through that job. Then we can comprehend and, and really depend on our great God to get us through that. And so whenever you turn with me, if you will, to the book of Acts in chapter 4. Whenever it comes down to it, not only should we not Bow down to the things of this world. Not should we, uh, not only should we not uh, allow these things to distract us, to get our eyes off of God, but we, we should be near about the opposite. Anybody ever heard the term, be bold? I tell my kids in class that, mainly because I can't really hear and they have to holler at me. But whenever you think you have an answer, and you have to have a little bit of confidence in yourself, be bold about it. But the reality of it is, whenever we're being bold for the faith, we're being bold for God. Who has all the answers. Who has all the power. Who has all the knowledge and wisdom. In the Hebrews in chapter 4. We read of two men. however, before a council of some of the men in power. Once again. Men of God standing before those in power. In verse 13. It says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. Perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. Whenever we speak boldly on God's behalf, whenever we speak boldly to things that are in the Word of God, whenever we speak boldly as Christians, then people see things different in us. They saw the boldness. They were marveled. And they took the knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. If someone heard us speak today, could they assume that we had been with Jesus? If someone heard us talk today, if we tried to be a witness to somebody, could they assume that we had studied the way that we ought to? Or would they assume that we're a... I use the term because I've seen it. Are we a Facebook Christian? We'll share a scripture, and that's it. Or are we a disciple of Christ? Where we reach out. Where we show God's love. Where we try to reach those who otherwise aren't reached. Where we try to be what God would have us to be whenever we try to to overcome the things of this world and focus on the commission of God. Focus on our dependence upon Him and the commission He's given us to do. If you're here and unsaved this morning, I want to read verse 12 to you. The last statement they made it says neither is there any salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. If you're here and lost this morning, then then you might as well focus on the media, because you have nothing else to focus on until you have God in your life. If you're here and unsaved this morning, then the only thing that can help you out in this world and in eternity to come is Jesus. That's it. The Bible says that there is no other name under heaven. Name above all names. Jesus came, and we talked about it in Sunday school this morning. He came for our atonement. He came and died so that we might live. He came and died for us so that we might be partakers, so that we could be the sons of God. And to be saved, all you have to do is believe that. That He came and died, rose again on the third day. He conquered death and hell for you. He conquered death and hell from me. Because otherwise, we didn't deserve it. Without the blood of Jesus, we didn't deserve it. But through Jesus, you can be saved. If you'll surrender to Him this morning, He'll save you right where you sit. If you'll believe on Him right now, come to Him confessing you're a sinner, He'll save you as we speak. And you can understand how great a God we serve. You can sing how great is our God. You can sing how great Thou art. And mean it from the heart. I will have verse for.